it's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! IO! And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Box. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Miles. That man down there is Sergeant MVP Aaron Brown. And you are you, and we're so thankful to have you with us tonight for another tremendously exciting OHIO Podcast show. Well... It may not have turned out how we wanted this season, but we've got so much to talk about tonight, guys, and we're going to dive into all of that. We are the official Ohio State podcast for ScarletAndGame.com from Fansided. Make sure you go over to ScarletAndGame.com. Check out all the articles written by a lot of great writers, including yours truly. And, uh, guys, we're also the official Ohio State podcast of Big Banter Sports. Now, I said to everybody that we were going to be having a mystery co-host tonight. And before I jump into uh, who that is, it is not this guy. <laughs> Dylan Kuhn said listeners can take a collective sigh of relief knowing that the stooge from Purdue isn't going to be the new co-host. So, Dylan, we love you, and we, we appreciate you filling in uh, the one evening you did. Uh, that was a lot of fun. But the new – OHIO co-host is none other than, drumroll please, Mr. JR. That's right. You know this guy. You know this guy. The host of of the uh, Big Ten Huddle is officially a member of the OHIO podcast. JR, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Eric. Appreciate you. Glad to be here. Glad to be a part of the podcast. Hey man, it's it's awesome having you, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I see it. Uh, he, we just right there, Dylan. You handsome SOBs. <laughs> right back at you, Dylan. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic! It's so awesome to have you on, Jr. And what's great yeah, about this? You come on with us at eight o'clock. You'll be with us until we go to commercial break at about seven forty, seven forty-five, and then he jumps off of our show and he goes and preps and gets ready for the Big Ten huddle, which is on at nine o'clock. So you literally can leave our show if you and if you're if you're wanting more content, go check out the Big Ten huddle with Jr. He's gonna be hosting that every Sunday night as well. So this just works out great, Jr. 
It's the perfect marriage. It's more cohesive than Ohio State's quarterback room right now. Most things are. What what a what just well just come right in hot brother you might as well oh bring yeah your hot takes with you man so this is great all right guys let's dive into the show tonight let's get off and running with our first topic shall we the college football playoff did the CFP committee get it right oh my goodness is Twitterverse just in an uproar right now. We all knew that the fighting uh, hairballs were going to be number one after they dismantled Iowa 26 to nothing, which, by the way, had to be one of the worst Big Ten championship games in the history of the game. Uh, outside of uh, when we de- de- uh, just absolutely destroyed Wisconsin, this was probably the next most boring game for people who weren't fans of the Maze and Blue. So we knew they would be number one. We knew Washington was in after they they beat Oregon for a second time on Friday night. We watched Texas basically eliminate Ohio State's dreams when they dismantled uh, Oklahoma State. The fact that they had beaten Bama in a head-to-head earlier in the season in Alabama kind of gave you the feeling that when Alabama was going to take down Georgia, Texas was in. And so really the only question was, was it going to be Bama or was it going to be Florida State, who somehow won, I believe, 16-6 to with their third-string quarterback defeating Louisville, and they were an undefeated Power 5 conference champion. Who would the committee go with? Well, the S-E-S-E-S-E-C-P-N, I think that's how you pronounce that, money, talks, Bama's in. FSU is out. JR, you, we might as well just turn it over to you first. Did the committee get it right? Oh, well, it depends on what is right. And I was saying this on the Big Ten huddle and getting blasted for it because people said, oh, it's a mix. But if you wanted most deserving, it was Florida State. They went undefeated. They won their conference, all that good stuff. If you wanted best, you went with Alabama. Because Florida State is awful. Their quarterback stinks. I don't think Rodmaker, Roadmaker, whatever his name is, is is any better than Brockwood. Maybe slightly, but not all that much. Uh, So if you're saying you want the four best teams, which I think is what everybody wants, they got it right. Aaron, did they get it right? Unfortunately, I got to agree with what JR is saying. if you, if you want the it, it just depends you know that that's the hard part because the committee changes every year and from what i understand they don't have an actual affiliation with the ncaa um other than i think that it's just a bunch of athletic directors i if i'm not mistaken and maybe some other people mixed in there <clears throat> but this is you know we talked about this like last year eric this is more of an invitational tournament than it is like an NCAA national championship exactly you know if that makes sense to you guys but yeah if you want the four best teams you know unfortunately Florida State isn't one of those without their starting quarterback so I think they you know they did get it right in that respect Chris your thoughts okay well I'm gonna tell how it is and that's the fact that they screwed it up they absolutely screwed it up because they said, you know what? The regular season doesn't matter. They just came out and said the regular season means squat. Florida State goes out there, and guys, 
who are we to criticize any team that takes their third team, third string quarterback into the, the playoff, right? I mean, come on. Uh, you know, Alabama is a, is a team that didn't belong there. And you guys said, did they get it right by putting Alabama in as the, as the, the fourth best team in the country? No, because honestly they aren't. Yes, they beat Georgia, but Georgia's a better team than Alabama. Uh, Alabama had How? no business in – How is Alabama Georgia better no than Alabama? In, they just proved it on the field. They beat them, yes. I, I, I'm not saying that that's wrong. But I don't believe they are the better team. This is an Alabama team that a week ago – or two weeks ago nearly got taken down by a horrid, horrid Auburn team if not for a bad defensive call by their defensive coordinator on the last play of the game. <clears throat> Alabama shouldn't even been in the consideration for this. If you want to talk about the best one-loss team in the country, it's Ohio State. Make no mistake about it. Strength of schedule it's, is there. Strength yeah. of schedule. I mean, you, and you talk about the ACC. They said, well, the ACC, you know, uh, you know, wasn't as good as the SEC, I guess is what their argument is. But you know what? The ACC has a winning record versus the SEC this year I, I in heads-up heads games. Yeah. It's BS. It was a power play by the brokers at ESECPN. Call it what it is. It was a money play, a power play. It's bullshit. Bullcrap. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm a little fired up on this one. I'm a little fired up on this one, Eric. Family friendly, Chris. I know. I know. That's, that's my first slip up. But you know what? Yeah, it's crap. So I I feel this comment from Rick Franz so much. Long as Bama takes down yes. the team up north, I'm good. <laughs> that's how I feel. That's how I – when it was Alabama, I laughed. I laughed. I'm, I'm like, not. Oh let's, root, let's root for Washington, the, the team that will be in the Big oh, Ten yeah. next year. Oh, I, I'm all for that. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Chris. But let's be honest here. Uh, I, you know, I want to see Michigan's uh, continued losing streak in bowl games. I want to see that continue. You know, after all the trash that they we have had to put up with this past week from them on 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 our social media sites and here on the show, you should go read the comments from uh, the videos this week. They are mostly from Michigan fans who are making fun of us or disagreeing with us. Or telling us how terrible we are. Like, I, I just want to see them get kicked in the teeth. And if it's Alabama, as much as I hate Nick Satan, all right, I don't care at this point. Go for it. That's how I feel, man. And, you know, that I think that's the biggest difference between, say, uh, the Big Ten and the SEC is you have the rest of the schools in the SEC who cling to the coattails of Alabama and Georgia and are like, look at us, how great we are when they've done jack crap. Well, that's because the Big Ten, Alabama we're like the SEC on the map. That's the only reason the SEC is even consequential to the Alabama. Yes, this, Georgia the last two years, but the SEC in general over the last two decades, if not for Alabama, would be an also ran. Jeff, uh, Jeff's comment. Yeah, I think that's wrong how far Alabama jumped considering a lot of the commentators didn't even think Georgia belonged in the number one spot weeks before this playoff. That's a good point. Georgia was not number one until the very end, which made that Alabama game feel so much more important to get see how they do that. That's, how, that's why polls matter, guys. It, they really do. Uh, so... Yeah, that is what it is. Last thoughts on the on the on the CFP going into this. 
Who do you think is going to win it all? Real quick, we'll go around in a circle. Right now, I know things can change when injuries come out and whatnot, but if you had to put money down tomorrow and say, here's who my champion's going to be, JR, who are you picking? I'm picking Texas. I think Texas has a really good line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Their secondary is a little suspect, but I think in today's college football, you can kind of get away with that here and there. I think their biggest challenge is going to be Washington, but if they play Bama again, I think they beat them. I think Bama got better, but I think Texas got better too. And if they play Michigan, I think they'll boat race them because just plain and simple, Texas is better. Aaron. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Roll Tide. <laughs> what? Look, that hurt, didn't it? I Eat thought for me. sure you were going to go Texas. I would have liked to, okay? But here's my reasoning. It's hard to beat Nick Saban twice. It would be exponentially harder to beat him twice in the same year. I just don't think it's going to happen. Chris. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually going to go with Aaron. I'd love to say it's going to be Washington, but I just think it, the, the coaching, the experience of Nick Saban is too much. Uh, I mean, you've got uh, – I don't think Ewers is all that. I think that he looked very good against a very bad Oklahoma State defense. <laughs> um, but you know what? I really don't feel like uh, he is all that when he comes up against a real defense. So you you pick two? I'm going to take Alabama. Alabama. Okay, so we got one Texas, one, two Alabama. I want to pick Washington. So do I, but I can't. I don't think their defense is there. No. Defense worries me. Um, I think I'm going to go with Texas. Um, and I'll tell you why. I think I think Sarkeesian can out-scheme Saban again. Um, that guy, that guy right now is he's got it. He's got it rolling. And I don't know about you guys, but I I was watching Quinn Ewers. And I, I was having what could have been moments, if you know what I mean, as a Buckeye fan. Um, Frank says, and Frank, I'm glad you're here. Frank says coaching and quarterback defense is very solid, too. He's going with Bama. Frank, stick around to the end of the show if you can. We're actually going to talk about your article after the commercial break that you wrote about grading the coaches. So, Frank, we'd love to see you stick around. We're actually going to talk about that tonight. Um, so there's that. All right. Good discussion, guys. Uh, we'll see. We have two for Texas, two for Bama, and no one's picking the team up north. So, uh, Mark, Mark Swick, <laughs> he said, roll tied with uh, the uh, throw-up emojis. That's how I felt. <laughs> deep it, yeah. <laughs> the only thing I can think of worse to say is go. Oh, don't. Oh, don't, don't you, you dare. That. Chris, Chris that would be the only thing. you worse. out. <laughs> and I would deserve Chris it. One out. time <laughs> in five years, I let it slip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next conversation here, guys. Well, now that we know which teams are in the college football playoff, that means Ohio State was chosen to go to the Cotton Bowl, and they will be playing Missouri. Does this matchup move the needle at all? When you hear Missouri, I'm going to ask Aaron this question first. When you hear the team Missouri, what's the first thing that comes to your mind, Aaron? Andy Katzenmoyer, absolutely. 
destroying that quarterback. What was it, Colby Jones? Colby something. I forget Colby, his Colby name. Jack, Colby doing. Jack after yeah. that, man. He, yeah, he got shredded on that play. Uh, he got his brain scrambled. <laughs> man, that yeah, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I don't think we've played them since then. Yeah. And I could imagine after that game, they did not want to schedule us after that. It's been a <laughs> long time. They were in the big – or. The, it wasn't the, was it the Big Twelve then? It might eight, not have been. It? Might have been the Big Eight. Yes, I think you're right, Chris. It was the yeah. the Big Eight when we played them. So um, that's going to be interesting seeing that. It I don't know, man. It feels like this is going to be hard to get up for this game. Are you worried about that, Chris? Well, you know, I. I think as fans, it's going to be hard for us to get up for this game. Uh, I don't have a problem with the selection of the bowl. I have a problem with the team we're playing. Um, I just don't think they're at our caliber. I know that, you know, they're ranked high, you know, what, number nine, I think, in the final poll. But, you know, what? I think they're an overrated team. Um, I think they were rated high to help bolster the resumes of, of Alabama and, and Georgia, honestly. But uh, at the same time, you know, I don't think the players are going to have a hard time getting up for this game. And I'll tell you the reason why is because we're going to have a lot of young guys, I think, in there getting some opportunities because given the fact that this is not a CFP game, I don't expect to see quite a few of our big-name players. Uh, we're getting some – I think Kobe Jones was the name of the quarterback, Aaron. Yeah. And uh, and then Mike Bowers is saying Jones was a Heisman candidate that year. Until that play. Until that play. <laughs> Until he couldn't walk anymore. <laughs> Until he had to, it's like – do you remember uh, uh, in Star Wars, Chris, when uh, uh, Darth Vader, basically he's on the – he's fighting Obi-Wan there before he's Darth Vader and his, like, legs melt yeah. off? He like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he was like picking up his legs after that tackle. Like, where's the other yeah. half of me? Like, I don't know where I, he just broke him in half. Yeah, he had literally broken in half. Jr. Does this game move the needle at all for you? Are you excited about the Cotton Bowl? I mean, I'm excited whenever the Buckeyes play. I want to watch them. The thing I'm excited about in this game is I do want to see the young guys play. If Kyle McCord starts this game, I riot, though. I There is no way on God's green earth that I want to see Kyle McCord start this game. Give it to Devin Brown. Let him actually have a an opportunity to start the game, give him a game to show him what he's got. And I would love to see the connection he has with the young guys, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, you know, those guys, I'd love to see what he can do with them. He didn't look great when we saw him, but we also saw him like what for one drive against IU two or three, maybe against Western Kentucky. Like, I don't know. I just never felt like he got a, a fair shake. And I felt like when we did see him against Purdue, that was almost like, Ryan Day being like, hey, maybe you do have something. We'll, we'll throw you in here. And then, unfortunately, got hurt. But I still contest, guys. If he was healthy during that Wisconsin game, Kyle McCord would have got pulled, and we might have had a different quarterback the rest of the season. Um, so I would like to see what Devin Brown can do against a good team and with some of this younger talent. That's pretty much the only thing that's interesting to me. So I wonder if... I just don't – I don't know. Like, 
I know the quarter. I, I, I just I don't see. I really have a hard time, Ryan Day, at this point saying, okay, I made a mistake this season. I'm going to put the other guy in in the bowl game. Well, I think he has an excuse because okay. Kyle McCord's foot, right? Remember that wasn't healthy ever since Wisconsin. He's not a mobile quarterback anyway, but, you know, maybe they could blame something on that, kind of like they did with C.J. Stroud early on in his, you know, starting career against, who was it, Akron. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they could pawn it off some, some way and make it seem like, oh, yeah, we're just throwing Devin Brown in to give Kyle McCord a break. Maybe. What about uh, – Mike Bowers brings it up here. What about playing Lincoln Keenholes, Aaron? Uh, dude, I I don't know. In a bowl game, I, it depends on what, what strategy. Do we want to win it or do we want to look toward the future? What do you want to do here? Because if, if you want to win – it has to be Devin Brown. We got to give him that shot. I, I understand about that comment. Understood. I wouldn't mind seeing what he's got, but he's all he's done, I think he's had two handoffs this season. No, he's, he's thrown as, a couple passes. He thrown against Michigan State. Yeah. But I think he's got like, I think he's got like what, three completions for about six yards apiece. Yeah. That's not right. much. I'm okay if he plays. You know what I mean? But – I, th- I do think Kyle McCord's going to start, um, but it also – I don't know, dude. It just – it depends. It, I don't see Marvin playing. I don't see Travion playing. Um, there, Donovan Jackson may not play. Uh, Denzel Burke may not play. Um, you know, so it, it, as much as we, we're, we're crapping on Missouri, I don't th- – we may get beat. That's a very real thing. Um, you guys may remember we talked about it before the show. Mookie Cooper yep. transferred to Missouri. Tell me he wouldn't love to have a huge game against us in a bowl game. Sure. So, you know, I, I don't know. It depends on what the team wants to do. <clears throat> I'm afraid that what NIL has done and the CFP has done to college football and bowl games in general is it has turned it into what Jay said is a glorified scrimmage. If you're not in that playoff, why bother? What are you playing for? It, it, it is a glorified scrimmage at that point. What does the youth look like? We're going to get those guys a chance to play on a big stage, but is it really a big stage anymore? If if in the event, though, that, uh, as JR said, maybe Day backs out and say, or backs record out, says, okay, there's an injury, we're going to start Brown. Do we think we see uh, Lincoln kind of play that role that Brown played earlier in the season so we can see both guys play? In an effort to maybe determine, is it maybe not if is it any of these three guys, or is it maybe Aaron Nolan or a transfer that comes in next year who's going to be leading this team? Yeah. This Tough. is inc- it's incredibly interesting too because I think the decision on who you play at quarterback almost gets made for you based off the decision who's not playing. Yes, yeah, it does. So if, this. You, if you have a bunch of new guys and you're like, well, we don't have all of our veterans in, then what does it hurt to play a different quarterback? doesn't at that point. You're right. Well, and especially if, uh, as Aaron said, if we don't have a Donovan Jackson in there, you're going to need a more mobile quarterback. And McCord with a hurt foot is not going to be able to – he's not – I mean, he, he's he can extend plays, but he's not super athletic to the point where he's going to be able to run for his life an entire game on a hurt foot. Yeah. A lot of people agreeing with you, Chris. Um, so, 
be, this upcoming month is going to be incredibly interesting in the decisions that Ryan Day makes. Now, I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen or watch his press conference today after it was announced that we're going to be going to the Cotton Bowl. Some of the answers he gave does not give me confidence that Ryan Day has put his thumb on some of the issues of this football team. Yeah. And that that worries me. I don't know if he lives in a bubble because, you know, to a degree, I think some of these some of these college coaches have to. They can't have rabbit ears and listen to people like us. You know, they need to stay focused on what they believe is true and, and, and direct the team in the direction that they feel is going to be best for the team getting victories. But that being said, if you if you're going to do that, then you miss the opportunity of having some of those outside sources say, here are some of the things we see that are wrong with your program or your team. That's what that's what the analysts are supposed to be doing is telling the coach, hey, here's some issues that you might not see right now. Here's some trends that aren't good for you guys. And so with all of that being said, it almost feels like Ryan Day has not got over what happened a week ago, and, and rightfully so, right? He's He was depressed at the conference today. It, and if, if this team goes into this bowl game with the same attitude and mentality that Ryan Day had at the press conference today, they're going to get beat. I don't – it could have been – it could be the, a mid-level SEC team. They're going to beat them because the team is going to react to the attitude that the head coach has about this game. And it seems like to me he was a defeated coach today at the, uh, at the, at the news conference. If any of you watch it today yeah. and get the same feeling. Yeah, I mean I, – and I understand. You just lost your third straight game to the guy with the most punchable face in all of college football. And – yeah, he's. I think he's experiencing a lot of self-doubt right now. And I do think he's hearing things from the outside, but what he's hearing is the the negativity, not necessarily the constructive criticism that's coming from the outside. I, I think he realizes now that he is in a situation where he is officially on a hot seat. Yeah, it sure felt like he felt that way. Uh, Nick says, I watched it, and a lot of his answers seemed unsure and confused. That's, yes, exactly that's right. That's exactly what I was trying to say, Nick. It did. Um, <clears throat> and Jeffrey, is Stover playing in this game? Is, is Junior going to be playing in that game? Do they want to take a chance and get hurt for a game that really means nothing? Well, probably not. I mean, it depends. I mean, Ryan Day said he's going to have those conversations with the team, and they'll be making their decisions. Now, that doesn't mean we'll know what those decisions are going to be, but I'm going to assume probably not. I mean, if I'm advising one of these guys that came to me and said, Eric, what do you think? I'm gonna, I'm like, my, my question back to them is, do you want as a businessman or as a Buckeye fan? Because those are two different answers. Right. As a, as a Buckeye fan, go play, buddy. As a businessman, dude. Don't risk it, right? I mean, that's especially that's Marvin. That's reality. especially Marvin because that's well, a guy who's going to be a top three guy off the board. Yeah, I yeah, think a lot ahead. of these players also see, like the older players, see the opportunity for the younger players because just think back to the Rose Bowl with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba two years ago or three years ago, whatever long ago it was. I mean, he made bank 
on NIL because of that game. So you get a Carnell Tate that goes out there and catches for 200 yards. You get, you know, uh, Jelani Thurman who goes out there and just has a monster game. I mean, those guys are going to be banking NIL if they do that. And I think a guy like Cade Stover or Marvin Harrison Jr., I think they see that and they say, yeah, let the young guy get out there and let him make a name for himself. Yeah. Aaron, any last thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm with Jr. You know, it's it's a weird situation. Well, I'm really with all you guys. It's a weird situation in its entirety, and that's just where that's where we're at in the world with NIL money. Um, you know, JSN made bank. That allowed other guys to come in and make plays. That was when Marvin Harrison really got introduced. Do we see that again? Problem is, do we have somebody that can throw the ball to make that happen again? That's a big question. You know, yeah. it's it's a weird time for us. In yeah. my mind, if Kyle McCord starts this game, Ohio State has already lost. And we're already behind the eight ball on this. So, <laughs> yeah. Aaron Nolan will be here in January. That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> I, I love the kids' film. I absolutely love the kids' yeah. film. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Let's dive into it, guys. The transfer <clears throat> portal. Who's leaving the program? And who is in the portal that Ohio State State might go after? Tomorrow, the portal opens for business officially. You can visit schools. You can talk to the kids who are in the portal. You can recruit them. Um, Chris, we have five Buckeyes currently jumping in the portal. Yes, we do. Go for it. Absolutely. Uh, It starts with two defensive backs. We've got Ryan Turner and Cam Martinez both uh, entering the portal. Now, these two guys are guys who have added you know, some quality depth to our defensive backfield, but just aren't getting the playing time that they want. Uh, you've got defensive end Amari Arbor, Abor. Um, um, Omari Abor, yeah. Abor, yeah. Um, you know, guy with a lot of potential, but he's another one who isn't really seeing the field a lot right now. Um, and that has to do with the fact that we've got just so much talent at that defensive end position. Uh, offensive lineman Victor Cutler, uh, he has entered the portal as well. Again, a guy who we kind of expected at the beginning of this year was going to come in and get some start, you know, starting time, and really at least compete for it. At least compete for it, and he he's been lucky to break into the the second level, you know, second tier. You know, he's been a third he's, stringer most of the year. He was our third string center, is what he ended up. Being. Yeah, and then lastly, and and I think this is one that may hurt a little in the depth for next year. <clears throat> is running back Evan Pryor. You know, we've had two years of our running back rooms really being beat up. And, uh, you know, Evan Pryor has entered the portal uh, officially as of about four hours ago, I believe it was. So I, uh, I feel that that's probably one that, uh, you know, that that one might come back to bite us a little bit. But, you know, and we talked about this a little before we got started. He hasn't really shown a lot so far in his Ohio State career. But I think we saw flashes that there was some talent there. So mm-hmm. those are the guys that have entered the portal thus far. JR, on that list, is there anybody in that list that A, surprised you, or B, you don't want to see go? Um, I don't want to see Evan Pryor go. I don't think anybody really surprised me. Maybe Omari Abor, just because I don't think we have as much depth at the edge position or defensive end position, whatever you want to call it. Um, as we do at maybe some other positions, I think he would have got some playing time next year. Uh, but Evan Pryor, I'm really, I, I'm really upset to see him go because that leaves us with like three playable running backs next year. Um, Chip Trainum, I've written down Chip Trainum, Dallin Hayden, and Will Hartson. I think he was a three-star guy. 
and we have three guys coming in, but even we might only have two. Jordan Lyle might go to Miami instead. They might steal another one from us. So um, I really think that running back room with only like five playable guys, I really think you need to add another guy in there before uh, before next season. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to portal. Who we might who might the portal spit out to us possibly in a minute. Aaron, uh, anybody on that list that surprised you or that you're not, you know, you don't want to see go? I can't believe that Cam Martinez is leaving. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are regular listeners. You already know that he is this team's Bryson Shaw. Um, <clears throat> he just didn't play as much. <laughs> Poor Bryson uh, Shaw. If I don't think it's back to that Western Bryson. Kentucky game. The one that he got in there. Bryce and Shaw earned it, okay? If Bryce and Shaw ended up in the portal, Aaron, would you, uh, would you take an offer? No. No. Absolutely not. No, he would rather not. see if Tough Borland can come back. Yeah, that I would. Hey, does Tough have another year of eligibility? <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I'm not surprised at any of the names, uh, but I agree with, with JR. I think um, – <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, Amari Abor, I'm, I am surprised a little bit to see him go because, like he said, you know, I don't think we're as deep as I think we all think that we are. The dude could have maybe cracked in and, and got some decent playing time next year. Consider the improvement that, you know, nine months has. Something Do else. Do we think, Aaron, I'm going to pose this at you. Do we think that maybe Abor entering the porthole? might have something to do with him knowing something about the futures of JTT and Jack Sawyer? Uh, you know, I, I Jack Sawyer, there's no way he's leaving. That dude no. is not. You know, JTT, if he left, I would be shocked. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that he's bad, but I, I think there's more money on the table, and I just he's just not consistent enough. You know, to be that big money D end or whatever position they want to maybe even throw him in at linebacker in the NFL. I don't know, but he's just not he's not there yet. He's not Bosa money. He's not he he just he's not ready for that step. Well that, that's what I'm saying. Do you think right. the fact that they're not going is the main reason that he is It could be. It could be. And, and you're right. You know, maybe he does have some inside information. After all, he's in the locker room with them every day. So hey, maybe. Martinez was Mr. Michigan football. He was. What's that tell you about the level of football up there? And plus, I believe he was quarterback for that position. He so was. Yep. Even furthermore, what does that tell you about the level of confidence? Maybe he shouldn't have entered the portal, just changed uh, position groups. <laughs> um, he's probably a worse quarterback than he is at DB, and he's pretty freaking bad at DB. <laughs> I'll just throw that out there. Jeff says, I heard Marvin was offering – was being offered some big money to stay. He's not staying. Well, I'm sure that he is being offered big money to stay. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. They would have to come up with, with something even bigger than what they offered CJ, you know? Yeah. These dudes are getting money, okay? That's not the question, okay? They're, they're going to the bank <laughs> one way or another. You right, know, yeah. <laughs> you know Marvin Harrison Jr., his entire youth, entire growing up, was spit at Lucas Oil Stadium catching yeah. balls from Peyton Manning. Yeah. And, like, the dude is – he's going to go to the NFL. It's been his dream. It's been his dream. So, yeah. Um, very interesting. Uh, Abor, I'll be honest, I did – that when he his name came out, I was like, 
Uh, dude was built like a Mack truck, man. Um, but in two years, only has two tackles. He was injured the whole first year, first off. So you, you, it's hard to make a tackle when you can't here. get on the field. Oh, my. Chris, you son of a gun. <laughs> only, yeah. Then he's, he sits back and takes a swig of water like he did something there. Water. <laughs> All right, so that's the first part. We're gonna. I. I. I've heard that there's going to be a couple more Buckeyes enter the portal this week. So it, we have five. It's probably going to be a couple more. That's just life. I don't think it's going to be any huge names. Wouldn't be surprised if it's maybe another wide receiver from that sophomore class that has never sniffed the field at all and won't because the freshman wide receivers are heads and tails better than them heads and shoulders. I should say above them in talent wise. So I wouldn't be surprised about that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we lose a linebacker like a Reed Carrico, who it appears has been leapfrogged by CJ Hicks and Powers, Kate Powers. So there, we might, you know, someone like that. But there'll be a couple more. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But that also means that this opens up room on the on the roster, Jr. For Ohio State to go after some guys who are in the portal. And I believe I don't have the uh, I haven't looked at the exact number. They were estimating it could be somewhere between six and seven hundred. It it might be well over seven hundred by tomorrow. How many guys are going to be in the portal? What are some names that Ohio State fans should be aware of that we might see sniffing around Ohio State, jumping out of the portal and ending up in Columbus, Ohio? Well, I think we need to start with the most important position group for Ohio State to go into the portal for, and that's the offensive line. I think, you know, you're going to see Josh Fire most likely move to guard. He just seems more like a guard. His footwork isn't exactly what you want at a tackle, and he's kind of, I don't want to say oafy, but, you know, he, he he's, doesn't have much flow to his game. It's not really what you want at tackle. So he's probably going to move to guard, which means we're probably going to be looking for a tackle. I could see us go after that Carter Smith from Indiana. He was somebody that uh, was from Ohio. I think Powell, Ohio. Um, right, right where I live, Olentangy, yeah. There you go. And he, he actually wasn't bad this year. As a freshman tackle for Indiana, I mean, he didn't have the best coaching in the world, and um, I didn't think he was that bad. He, his PFF grade was higher than Josh Simmons, so you know that was pretty good. Um, I hear the number one guy they want to go after is Zeke Carell. I think I'm saying that right from Notre Dame. He's an Ohio guy too. Uh, he was a center for Notre Dame this year, and with how Carson Hinsman played this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in to be the center or to possibly fill one of those guard positions um, in that situation. So. Um, D-line is the next one. I could see us going after um, Joey Slackman from Penn. He's a big name. Thor Griffith came out. He's from Harvard. He's one of like the seven, I think he was number eight or number seven freak on the athletics freak list, if you guys have ever seen that. So he's like all twitched up, really athletic guy. And he came out and said that he either wants to play for Ohio State or Michigan. And both of them are interested in him. So it's going to be a battle there for him. And then I know Ohio State did offer Marley Cook. He is a defensive lineman, can play tackle or can play on the end, I think. Um, and his he was like the best defender on Middle Tennessee's team via P- PFF. Um, and then 
quarterback. Who knows? You could go after Dante Moore. You go after DJ Uyunglele. I think they said. I heard somebody say they're going after Cam Ward. Um, but the name I and I haven't heard anything about this. But the name I really want them to go after is Malik Murphy from Texas. Yes. That's who I want them to contact so bad because Quinn Ewers is probably going to come back. Maybe if they win the national championship, that's different. But Quinn Ewers is probably coming back. Malik Murphy's going to look for a place to play, and he's really, really good. Yes. Um, and I, I've heard people talk about linebacker and safety. I don't think so. They have a lot of guys there unless they just lose a bunch of guys in the portal. Um, like you said, Gabe Powers might move on. Reed Carrico might move on. But we got C.J. Hicks, most likely Mitchell Melton or Gabe Powers. will probably start with him next year. So I don't see that. And then I already said the thing about running back earlier. Check this out. No. Harrison stays. He helps get Arch Manning to transfer in. You have the Manning to Harrison connection in Columbus, Ohio. That'd be we cool. Want, do we want Arch Manning cool. though? I was gonna say I don't, but I would feel so much better with Murphy. He's yeah. yeah. I, I think Manning's a name is what Manning is. And the thing is, is in Jar of Happiness brings this up. Ryan Day was very non-committal about Kyle McCord in the press conference today. He really was, <laughs> and rightfully so. Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Well, and also you guys got to enter the transfer portal. I think I think McCord is probably going to be in the portal because you guys got to think about like his situation and what like his dad and his parents are probably going through too. I don't know anything about his dad, so I'm not going to say anything but like uh, personal about him. But like for the McCord family, Kyle McCord is like their avenue to like wealth upon wealth upon wealth. And for him to get into a quarterback battle again at Ohio State, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves on and goes somewhere else where, you know, maybe there's less pressure because I think that was the hardest thing for Kyle McCord this season was dealing with the pressure of being at Ohio State. Did you just say that Kyle is that family's path to riches? Yeah. They might as well just go ahead and play the lottery. It ain't <laughs> happening. Dude ain't going to the NFL. I don't care where he transfers to. He's not. He ain't that type. He ain't his, that guy. His dad He's was not. a quarterback at Rutgers. Rutgers. That's that's cool. He sucked too. No NIL then. <laughs> no. So, uh, Parker Lewis hit the portal, according to Music for Me 007. Great name, Music for Me 007. That's cool. Uh, there's so many names in the portal. It's like I said, they said six to seven hundred. It's going to be, I think, closer to eight hundred or more, which is crazy to think about because sometimes when you jump in the portal, you don't get to jump out. Or yeah, someone jumps in the portal, jumps out, and takes your spot at a smaller school because they couldn't couldn't cut it. Where Has they were Tate Martell entered the portal yet this season? <laughs> He He's lives in, his... in the portal. He lives there. What are you talking about? Say, did he did he get in it? He never got out. <laughs> yeah. Frank, I live in Delaware, Delaware, which is just north of Powell. Powell is in Delaware County, uh, so I work in Powell. Actually, I work by the. I work very close to the Columbus Zoo. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm right where I'm right where I'm living. Uh, yeah, no, Tate Martell, I think literally camps out there you ever seen one of those like tent villages yeah in like yeah. the west coast yeah I th i'm pretty sure tate martell is the mayor of the tent village at in the portal is <laughs> the, the skid row in the, <laughs> in the portal 
Taterville. Taterville. That's what he. Uh, that's what we're gonna call it now. Yeah, when Mike Powers. When you jump in the portal and you don't jump out, you get you get you become a citizen. You're of wasting Taterville. away down in Taterville. Yes. Looking I like this. Q, looking at QB, should we look at one one year QB hoping Air Nolan will start his sophomore year? My answer to that question is yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of people want to go after Dante Moore. I just think it's a bad move because you might lose Lincoln and you might lose Air if you go after a guy that young. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I'm worried about if you go get Malik Murphy. Is Air Nolan going to sit for two or three years behind Malik? Probably not. Lincoln, you know – cool i guess uh, you know what i mean you got a little time to recruit but i think Aaron nolan is Vic cutler yes he is and he probably won't come out of it <laughs> but that's why that's why i'm kind of on the cam ward bandwagon here as far as quarterbacks go because <laughs> he's a one-year guy if is is if, there any chance Aaron nolan starts next year Oh, yeah, oh, oh yeah. There's an yeah. absolute chance. I, I don't know how likely I, it is, I, but there's a chance. Jim, Tr- Jim Trestle started a a slow yeah. white guy at quarterback who got benched for an athletic black guy before. It happens. Okay? Not to bring skin color in this, but I'm just giving you the correlation. Yeah. It happens. Right. That's what we're saying, Mike. Ward is a one-year player to have Aaron Nolan come behind, learn from, keep the program at – a maintenance level, basically. Maybe we beat Michigan. Maybe we don't. I don't know what that looks like. You know, every team is different year to year. You know this, but. All right. We got to go take a quick commercial break. JR's got to go to his show. JR, tell everybody real quick where they can catch you. The Big Ten Huddle on Twitter, on YouTube. Head on over there. We got a basketball episode tonight. Ohio State won their game against Minnesota, so we'll talk about that. Nebraska got crushed by Creighton, so we'll weep and cry about that. But at the end of the day, it's all fine because Nebraska's not going to win anything in basketball. Tune in. Uh, All right. Hey, jump over there. We'll be over there in just a few minutes, guys. We'll go to a commercial break. Thanks, JR. Yep. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. So, Chris, you know how the turtle heads like to say that they're the number one podcast for this and the number one podcast for that? and. And can yeah. we be? Should we be the number one podcast of Taterville? The official, the, the official podcast the official of Taterville. Podcast of Taterville. I don't even <laughs> want to. No. The Taterville pod. I don't, I don't think that's a distinction you the, want. T- I'm with what Chris. Would, what would the ta- <laughs> what would the tagline for Taterville pod be? Would we then be the Tater Tots? See, that's the problem. We would, we would get nicknamed the Tater Top. And I can't. Put it in the comments. Let's see. What what should the slogan be for the podcast for Taterville? Put that in the comments. Let's see what, let's see what the creativity you, you all have tonight. Oh, shoot. Let's get into our last topic tonight, guys. This is going to be a very interesting one as well. And he's with us tonight, so I'm so thankful to have him. Frank Taraka, uh, he had a, an amazing article. Boy, I did not spell that right at all. My bad. Uh, he gave uh, the coaching staff letter grades. 
And so we are going to go through those and we're going to ask the question, did Frank get the letter grades right or wrong and why? Do we agree with them? Do we disagree with them? Um, let me go ahead and grab the link for that article for everybody at this very second. And I will put that in the comments for everybody so that you can go check out that article. Give Frank a couple more hits there on that article. And also you can follow right along with us as we go through the article and uh, discuss what he wrote. So the letter grade, the first letter grade he handed out to was to our special teams co coordinator, Parker Fleming. He gave him a letter grade of failing F. Correct. No argument yeah. there from Aaron. Yeah. Aaron said, yes, Chris. Yeah. Yes. You agree. Uh, yeah. He, he is without a doubt the biggest waste of space on this coaching staff. All right. Uh, do you all agree? Yes. F for Parker Fleming. Put it in the comments. Uh, I agree with Frank as well. I think our special teams have been horrendous the past couple years. They're, again, it, it, not that it cost us the game against the team up north this year, but it sure didn't help. It sure didn't help. And uh, why have someone on your staff who is not only a bad coach, but is not really helping you in recruiting either? So... Uh, I would get rid of that one. So I we, we agree with you, Frank, on Parker Fleming. F for that one. Next up is defensive line coach Larry Johnson. He gave him a letter grade of C+. Aaron. I do not agree with that. Um, I would have said – I'm just – I'm sorry. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just – I'm reading the reasoning behind it. Uh-huh. And I don't agree with the reasoning. Um was the pass rush a problem? Yes, that was a problem. Okay. The recruiting stayed good. He got two five star or two guys that were coming in that are really good. They're both five stars. We uh, lost Just, one. Justin Scott. We lost, lost him. Lost him to Miami this lost week. Lost him. Edric Houston. Still coming. Okay. That we know so of. far. Right. Yeah. Right. But have faith. You know, it's it's Larry Johnson. We will get somebody who is decent. Okay. But to say a C plus, I, I feel like a solid B would be pretty good considering Michigan ran the ball through us last year like water, like we weren't there. Um, and that, that's, to me, the, the way he fixed that was good. So I think a B or a B minus even would be the lowest that I would go for Larry. Chris, C plus for Johnson. Yeah. You know, I actually kind of agree with the C plus. I understand where Aaron's coming from, but you know what? I look at this team, the talent we had on that defensive line, and mm -hmm. I think it is ridiculous that we only had 22 sacks on the season. How is that even possible with that talent on the line? It's just it, – it tells me that we have a serious issue with our pass rush. 22 sacks for 144 yards lost over 12 games – that means we're averaging less than two sacks for less than 12 yards worth of loss per game. Not, not acceptable. So it seems sacrilegious to, to not, you know, give LJ something more than a C plus because he is a living legend. But Chris, I'm with you. I actually think that that grade is a little lenient. Yeah. I, um, I was 
thinking hard C or, or strong C originally, but you, so you guys, you guys don't think that the interior or the run defense or the pressure rating had anything. It's just we're we're judging him solely off of pressure and or uh, quarterback sacks. He gets a C plus for that. Off of that's the what edge? you got because that's all we're talking about right now is him it, getting I, sacks. Never mind everything else that goes into the game. I, I do believe the run yeah, the run stopping was much improved. I do believe the defense in, in, in the, against the run was much improved. I agree with that. Uh, you know what? He did lose one of his five-star recruits, so I don't think he can get the full that's credit not, for the that's, rec- recruiting. That's not all his fault, though. That had more to do with L- NIL than anything. Y- you know what, though? At the end of the day, you know, you, you're judged on what you do. And you know what? Let's bookmark this. <clears throat> Let's bookmark this one. This is going to be a great topic. Is because it might be time LJ needs to consider retirement. Yeah. I, um, you know, I'd hate to see it, but really, the last few years, the defensive line has just not played up to their full potential. I, don't I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I, would go, I would go back to saying starting with uh, – uh, So the, the question is – the question is if we agree with that, Chris, yeah. then does that justify the C-plus grade? Aaron says no. You and I both say yes. Let's bookmark this one. Come back to this in another show. This is a great topic. Maybe we'll have Frank on, and we'll we'll talk about this and let him talk a little bit more about it because this was one of the grades where I was like, "Ooh, this could be interesting," and it was. So, the, yeah, good good job, Frank. That's why you write these articles, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Next up, Tim Walton, uh, the cornerbacks coach. Uh, he gave him an A, and let me go first. Tim Walton deserves that A, and I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, <clears throat> go follow Coach Tim Walton. He is awesome. He has become one of my favorite coaches on this staff, and wouldn't you know it, he's a Buckeye. He played at Ohio State. Go yes, figure. Sir. Do you agree or disagree, Chris? A for Walton. Oh, absolutely, and you're right, you know. He's a Buckeye. He played for this team. He understands it. Uh, you know, he gets what we're trying to do. He gets what Ohio State football is all about. Uh, and, and, you know, his guys performed at an elite level this year. Yes. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, he took, you know, Jordan Hancock, he plugged him in a handful of times uh, throughout the season. The guy never missed a beat. Uh you know, Denzel Burke came back stronger than ever. Um, date, you know, dude from Ole Miss, Igbenosin, um, you know, transfer came in, coached him right up. Dude played like he's been here for years. I mean, I, give that man a raise. The, the, the freshman, uh, Jermaine Matthews. Matthews. Jermaine yeah, that's Matthews. another one. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yes, he did. Yes. Should be, in my opinion, should be probably – uh, won't be fresh. He won't be a freshman All-American because he just didn't play enough, but should be right. considered – uh, for probably second team if they had that, which I don't think they do. But yeah, hashtag give Coach Walton a raise. Let's get <laughs> yeah. that going. There you go. There you go. All right. Next up, staying in the defensive backfield, Perry Eliano, the safeties coach. Uh, he got a B minus, Chris. Hmm. Um, I would have probably gone for, for a B with Eliano. I think he did a. A, a decent job. The safeties did have some problems at times being out of position. 
Um, but overall, I felt for the most part of the season, our safeties looked pretty good. They, they were good against the run. They were, you know, decent coverage. And all the guys, now whether this had to do with more with Eliano or Walton or both, I don't know. But it seemed like all our guys were looking back for the ball this year, something that Aaron and myself and you have all griped about. Uh, so I really feel like – I think both the defensive backs did a uh, – coaches did a pretty good job. I would have probably gone to be with him. Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. I actually agree with the article. I could see a B as well. And I actually like the reasoning in the article. Um, when your cousin – is K.J. Bolden, and I think he was a very – he was probably – I think he was a five-star, a very highly rated safety that we should have gotten. When you fumble the ball on your own cousin, yeah, you don't That's get true. an A-. You don't get a B plus. You fall fall into the, the B, B-minus category. Totally agree. B-minus for me as well. Uh, all right, let's go to the defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles. He gave him a B plus. Aaron, you're first. Yeah, I uh, I, I could make an argument for an A minus just because of the turnaround, but I'm not going to. And it's simply because it kind of felt like he – I don't know what happened with Michigan. I, I, I'm going to take it there. How can you judge it off of one game? Because it's the game. It's not just one game. I got a problem with that. But I don't have a problem with the letter grade. B plus. I agree. Chris? Yeah, I, I agree with him as well. This is a guy who I think he had a strong A going into the last week of the regular season. Yes. Uh, but the fact that we couldn't get off the, uh, you know, and as Frank pointed out, we couldn't get off the field against Michigan, that was a huge problem. The fact that they got three fourth down conversions was a huge problem. Uh, so yeah, I, I think a B plus is absolutely fair here. I agree with you guys. I'm not going to make any more points because I think you guys are totally on it. Going over to the offense now, let's take a look at running backs coach, Tony Alford. He gave Tony a B plus Chris. Well, you, you know, based on the performance of, of Travion Henderson, um, I would say that that seems fair. I, I didn't go quite that high. I felt like I, a B would have been, I think, a little more deserving because there were times we struggled still in that running game. Um, but overall, they were solid. I had a B, but you know I can see his argument for the B+. I'm in agreement with it. I, I He turned Chip into a, a running back from linebacker. Yes, he did. Um, you know, Travion, it's Dallin Hayden. I just, I can't argue it. He's done a good job consistently for years. So B, B plus, it could be percentage points. It's one in the same almost. So uh, I'm, I'm with you guys. You know, I think Tony Alford <clears throat> was an A, an A level running backs coach at one time. Yeah. Yes. And then he had a bad cycle of recruiting and we hammered him for that on this show came back and then and let's had, not forget the injuries had a came back and had an amazing recruiting class with all this promise Travion Henderson exploded onto the field as a freshman we thought we were getting the second coming of Archie Griffin or at least Eddie George and it's not been that and I don't know how much of that is Tony Alford's fault to be blamed but I'll say this 
who was, did he have ready to take that spot? Every person that came into that game when, when Henderson couldn't go ended up getting hurt themselves again. Yeah. How much can you really put that on the running backs coach? I don't know. Not much. And the O-line but, issues. So I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I, I can't go against that. So I'll, I'll go a uh, plus. Now this one ought to be interesting. Offensive line coach, Justin Fry. Uh, Frank gave him a D. Um, I like Justin Fry. I like it when he talks, when he speaks, I was like, I, I believe this guy. And I really thought he was going to come in here and really change things around for this offensive line. I'm not so sure he ain't worse than Stu, uh, coach stud, stud, Stu Drawa. Well, and, where, and I think Stud re- was a good coach re- up until the end when he got his back yeah, injury, and he has back a coach. Injury. He has a coach since he can't. I don't know that he can, which is you know terrible for him. But where's the recruiting wins? Where's the development? None. I'm not seeing it. Either. I yeah, was, I think Frank was kind of lenient with a D. In all honesty, yeah. And then then you go into the transfer portal, and the best thing you can come out with is the most penalized guy in college football. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I disagree with the letter grade. It's an F. D is way too nice. And when I say F, I'm talking like 30%. Dude is a failure. Oof. I don't know about that one, Aaron. The offensive line did get better this year. I mean, that was our – they did, Aaron. You, you mean to tell me that when we when, – okay, when Chris and I went and watched this offensive line, Oh did we not say? Did we not say they're going to get our quarterback killed? How they much are, is natural? So okay, but that's it though. How much of it's natural progression versus? Yes, because they're gonna yeah. gel just by proxy by playing together. I can't give him that much credit. Okay, <laughs> I like I like I like what Brian Oberst and Jaro Happiness are doing in here. They're just they're picking former studs at Ohio State and saying they need to be the coach. I Pace like your offensive line coach. <laughs> no, man, one, I love that. There's That'd be one huge. In, there's one in here that Brian. <laughs> yes, has he would that, be. <laughs> there's one in here that Brian Oberst has that I have starred. I'm going to come back to as a comment. I, I loved it, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to keep that one and come back to it, Brian, and pull that up, uh, pull that one up. All right, uh, moving on. So we have Justin Fry. He gave a D. Keenan Bailey, the tight ends coach, he gave him a B. Um, I'm I'm all about Keenan Bailey, guys, right now. I think Keenan Bailey might be the gem on this coaching staff that no one knows about. Cade Stover's development. You, you want to talk development? Let's talk yeah. development. Yeah. Cade Stover's development was, was good enough to where I believe Cade Stover is going to be, if not a late first-round pick, I think he's a solid second-round pick. Chris, do you agree? I do, and I also like what he's done. I, I think Guy Scott was much more effective this year. Yes. Um, I, and, and you know, let's not forget, he did go out. He got himself a, a nice recruit in Jelani Thurman, who I think is going to be a beast down the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's doing everything right right now. Uh, he's got a lot of respect in that locker room from the, from the players. Not just uh, the tight you know, ends I, either. I, the, no, the no not just team. the tight ends. I look at this guy, and I think uh, Frank might have been a little hard on him here. Uh, I'm going to go with an A-minus on this one. 
Keenan Bailey just had an interview, I think, with uh, East Carolina for their OC job. No. Yes. I don't. Yeah, he did. But I don't know that even the OC East Carolina makes what the tight ends coach at Ohio State does. So Ohio State might be able to be like, hey, you know what? That might be one of those where the guy goes and takes the interview and then Ohio State comes back with a raise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Aaron, your thoughts on Keenan Bailey? I agree with Chris all the way. Okay. This one's got another interesting one. Quarterback Corey Dennis gave him a C. Um, let me be honest with you. Corey Dennis got this job because he is the nephew of one Urban Meyer. Uh, He's not the quarterback's coach. He's not. It's Ryan no, Day. We've only got one person to blame for the development of our quarterbacks. It's, it's Ryan Day. Um, Brian Oberst, I agree with you. Who JT Barrett should be the quarterbacks coach. He's killing. I love it. it. He's he's coaching up in Detroit right now, isn't he? He's killing he's it. He's on the yeah. coaching staff in Detroit. And Dude. you guys know that JT was not my favorite quarterback at Ohio State, but you know what? JT's but he's a smart a winner. Man. He's a winner. And his hey, dad was a got, coach. He's got a high football IQ. Yes, he's got a coaching lineage. I'm I'm all for Corey Dennis getting the thanks but no thanks and going after JT Barrett. As our quarterbacks coach, or Kenny I Guy. Mean, well, Kenny's uh, an offensive coordinator now at Arkansas. So I know. Was he just? They just hired the uh, their old coach who got in trouble and they fired and went. Was that Texas? Oh, Petrino. Oh, yeah. Petrino. Petrino. Um, he he's more of a wide receivers coach. Yeah, but I think that I don't know. He Which, may have something. I'm off. sure we can find some place for for smooth jazz on our sideline. <laughs> Brian or Kenny Guyton as QB coach. I would like to see him as the wide receiver coach if Brian Hartline becomes a true OC. Yeah. And we yeah. need another wide receiver coach. Um, Corey Dennis, C, I guess. What? I, I mean, don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Corey Dennis has Cor- no Corey effect. Dennis next to Parker Fleming is the second biggest waste of space on this coaching it, staff. It feels like it, doesn't it? It, it really it, does. It I feel like, like it. And, and, and it amazes me that we've got a serious commodity in James Laurinaitis sitting there who's not an official coach. And we've got these two yahoos on the, on the sideline sucking up payroll and, and, and you know, air. Mm-hmm. They, they really just both need to go away. That needs that needs to happen. Reports were that on the sideline, Laurinaitis was the only person, only coach on the sideline getting into players faces during the Michigan game. The only one that can't happen. No, what that cannot are. happen. He and Hartline need to take turns smacking these guys around and getting them in. <laughs> Break. Dennis was the hardest one. What does he do? Exactly. I was going to say, Frank. What does that? That was a that was a grade of indifference, is what Frank did right there. Uh, Frank's like, I'm not sure what to do here. I'll just go right in the middle. C. Oh, that's great, Frank. <laughs> Brian Hartline, A minus. Chris. I almost want to give Brian Hartline an incomplete for his position as the offensive coordinator. Again, because we still haven't seen Paul plays. He's not the offensive coordinator. He's not. It's right. If we look at him strictly as a wide receivers coach, I think a minus is fair. He's doing a great job of recruiting. Um, Still, I think his guys are developing obviously at an awesome rate, but you know what? I didn't like the reason the minus would be there. We had a lot of drops this year that we haven't seen in the past. 
Now, is that that the fact that the quarterback's not delivering it quite as well as what we saw from CJ? Sure. But we saw some drops on some really, you know, catchable balls. Well, if you're talking about so Julian I, Fleming, that's that's been the Julian name, Fleming. Even a mecca like Buka, we had Harrison Ibuka drop a few this some. year. Yeah, but that, uh, you know, and, and that's going to happen. But you know what? Yeah. I, I just feel like that's where the minus comes in from, because other than a few drops, Hartline is nailing the wide receiver job out of the park. OC, yeah, he gets an incomplete. Agreed. Hartline was coordinator in name only. Agreed. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna find out about the development of the talent in the bowl game when we see Ennis and Tate and whoever else actually get more than a couple series at the end of the game. That's what's going to tell us, are these guys developing or not? All right, time for the big one. Ryan Day is great as a head coach. Frank gave him a B-. minus. He's eleven. He went eleven and one this season. Lost the last game, the game by six points. So we have three goals here, right? <clears throat> the game, win it. Conference championship, win it. National title. He has not done any of those things. And here recently, he is a he usually gets two out of three. The last three years, he has done none of those. Um, the offensive line is about as bad as it's been in years. Uh, everything else is either improving or is good, uh, minus quarterback play. I think that's a very nice grade. I think I can see the fairness in it. Uh, but for me... I and I'm going to blame this on my childhood on John Cooper, okay? <laughs> but I'm going to give him a C plus because he has accomplished none of the big three goals that we have here, and that's just how I feel. I'm I'm with Frank B minus. I think is fair when you go eleven and one, it, it, but you're right, Aaron. It it can't be that one, yeah, uh, over and over and over again. Yep. Um. Which is it feels where which is where we're at. As much as some people want to disagree with us on that one, um, and and we've got a lot of, we got a lot of slack from Buckeye fans this week disagreeing with our our last show last week on Ryan Day, saying we're being very, way too harsh that he's not a John Cooper, um, things of that nature. No. Cooper never, Cooper never, never, <coughs> never won nearly the amount of games that Ryan Day is winning. He's beaten Michigan more times than uh, Ryan has so far. But um, listen, listen to what Notre Dame is calling Ryan Day. This is from John Kennedy. Ryan, born on third base, never even took a leadoff day. Well, that's fair. T- that's what I was getting ready to say. To be fair, that's that's it's starting to look more and more like that. I didn't want to believe it at first, but it's starting to look like that more and more. Brian, I think, sums this up. Cooper was good in the regular season until the game and in bulk in bowl season. Day is trending that way. He's there. He, there's no trending. He's there. There's no trending. Uh, yeah. It's well, Day has done something that Cooper didn't. Day has been winning his bowl games. We haven't won one in two years. We well, 
we beat Clemson to get to the national championship. Okay. We beat uh, when we didn't go to the national championship the year before, or the CFP the year before. Did we not defeat Utah? US no US was it Utah US Utah Rose Bowl Rose Bowl yeah. Utah won that one right. So he's already won more bowl games than Cooper did. Cooper won or two. As many. He won seven. Uh, let, let me. Let me. Seasons, Cooper won two or three. That's it. That's what I mean. Cooper won a Rose Bowl too. I mean, let me just go ahead and put this out there, guys. I'm going to say the four words I never thought would ever come out of my mouth. Jim Harbaugh was right. Ryan Day has not done anything. I don't know you. I I don't know yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ryan Day has not done anything with his guys. He has not beaten Michigan with his guys. Guys, so can he I, beat them with Urban's. Can I edit guys. your comment? Can I edit your comment? You, take, you can try. Take, take the name Jim Harbaugh out and put in Lou Holtz, and I think you're right. I think they're both right. Ryan Day is a C coach at best right now. Mm. At best, there's no way you can. Say I'm gonna, this. I'm gonna back Aaron. You know what the I'm, rest, I am the rest say, of see, the I'm college world is thinking when they when they hear us say that. <clears throat> that we, I don't we're care saying what Ryan Day's a C coach. You know Aaron, what? That's what because think? they're looking at the they're looking at the big number, Eric. They're looking at the wins and losses, and yes, that's important. But they're not looking at the fact that he's what one in six against top five opponents. He's one and three against his rival. He's lost three in a row to that team up north. It, it, it I mean, he's got like Aaron said, he's got three jobs: win the conference, win. Or, I'm sorry, win the game, win the conference, win the title. He's done none of those. His coaching decisions, I think his play calling is erratic. His, excuse me for, for, for saying like this, but his boys crawl up inside of him every time a game gets close or tough. You've got, you, you've got him out there. All right, his all coaching right, decisions all right, all right. Are, are questionable at times. Okay, Chris, you made your point. Aaron... Let's, let's give Aaron a chance here. I am <clears> – look, right now he is John Cooper, okay? That's what we're seeing. That's what the evidence says. I am of the belief who's out there that's better right now, that's going to just seamlessly take over the program the way he has. I am Nobody. open – Right. I am open, and I still believe in Coach Day, okay? Last week was more of like an emotional – Let's get this out of our system. I'm still behind him, okay? I am still behind him. I am still going to pull for this guy. I just think that we need. he needs – he's like right on the cusp, the same way that Cooper was. But I think the difference is Day is younger and still capable of making those adjustments at the time. There you go. And so I am pulling for him. It is, we're just – dude, we are right there. We are right there. It is, it is not. I want him to, to win. I want him to prove me wrong. I do. It is not time to throw in the towel on Ryan Day yet. Not yet. 
I think you're right, Aaron. Okay, I would, so so when a, is the right time? Is there going to be a coach out there next year who's going to be able to seamlessly come yeah, in and pro, there, take there over is the program? A, no. There is, no, yeah, there is. There is. There will be a right time and a right moment. The thing that you have to ask yourself is this. If we get rid of Ryan Day, is it possible that we're getting rid of the guy who in his 50s will win multiple national championships, bring Ohio State to prominence, uh, and be the coach that everybody wished they had? Do you you have to ask yourself, and there is there's a there's a world out there, Chris, where that can happen. I've you know, and so he's not going to be here in his fifties, though, Eric. He's going to be in the NFL. You the don't know that, years. Chris. Well, you don't I, hang know on. That. How long was Nick Saban at Bama before they won a national title? I think about five or six four years. Four or five? Four. It was more than four. four. Let me look up. He won one at LSU, so he right. had that. He, he had that in his feather in his cap already. Um, I'm gonna look Daniel, it up because I need Daniel, to know. Yeah, Larry Daniels makes a good point. Take away two games of cheat and days one and one. You can't judge till the NCAA rules on the 21 and 22. You can though because you can judge based on the performance, Eric. Yeah, because even even if they were cheating, they were so dominant and up in the trenches that that had nothing to do with cheating. That had everything to do with player development in the in on the offensive and defensive lines. That's where the whole Ryan Day and Ohio State is, isn't tough came from was those two games. Um, so I would just be very, I'm very <coughs> concerned that if we get rid of Ryan Day, we could get be getting rid of the next coach. To not be Nick Saban, but be a, a Kirby Smart. You're, you're you're talking about the Belichick effect, basically. Yeah, Cleveland can Belichick and he Cleveland wants to do it one time. There you go. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Eric. I just don't. He's too young to give up on him. Okay, John Cooper was what sixty, late fifties. We so, got a guy. So is it is it time to give up on him when he's two ten and one? No. I think he's got about – I'm going to say – and this is, of course, contextual. Okay, we'll see what happens. I don't know what the answer is right now, but I think that we give him two to maybe three years, and that depends, like I said, context. How do these seasons look? You know what I mean? If he is still continually on the cusp, that buys him time. It's not like he's John Cooper where we went to a bowl game and lost to Air Force – that is inexcusable. That should have had Cooper fired right there. Now, if Day falls that low, gone. But if he continues to be right there on the edge of where we need to be, we have to consider keeping him. Because it is just this close to breaking through. Frank makes a good point on recruiting, too. He's still yes. pulling top classes, but if those begin to dip and he's still losing, then adios, right? Yes. Yeah. So 100%. that makes that makes perfect sense. But um, you can't so, you can't quit a job before you have another one. You can't fire a coach before you have the answer so to B win. B minus, I say fair. Aaron, you said you would go with C. Is that what you said? Or I'm going to say C plus. C plus, Chris. What do you give him? I see at best. Okay. All right. So interesting, interesting. We got one more. 
believe it or not. And that is the entire coaching staff. He gave the overall staff a grade of B minus. Agree or disagree? Agree. I think that's fair across the board. I think it's a little high. I would go C plus, but I, I can see where he's coming from with the B minus. I'm like you. I could see a C plus, but I I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Again, it's percentage points. C yeah. plus B minus. Yeah. Interesting. I would say the one we disagreed with the most in this exercise was Larry Johnston. So let's let's tag that in the day conversation. And we will bring Frank on as a guest. And I want I and we'll 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 talk about this because I want Larry Johnson to me is at a place where it's the, the, any time now we could get the word he's retiring at any moment, right? True. I always thought that JTT was going to be his last and Sawyer were going to be his last class. If they stay, I could see him staying one more year. If they leave, I could see him saying, you know what, I'm done. So th- that would be very interesting. But <clears throat> last question, we'll get out of here. How many guys on this staff retur- won't return for next season? How many guys do you see Ryan Day getting rid of before next year on this staff? One, two, is it more? What's your thoughts? Two. two? Fleming and hope and maybe Corey Dennis. I, well, not Corey Dennis. I'm hoping that Fry. We need something better there, and I hope that he sees that. Okay, Chris. Uh, you know, I'm I'm teetering between three and four. Wow, that's a lot. I of think turnover. that I think that Fleming is gone. I think that Fry is gone. I think that Dennis is probably gone. And you know, I don't think that. And th- this is just my take on it. It's going to have to be a retirement situation. I don't know that this defense is ever going to be 100% with Larry Johnson and Jim Knowles both being on the staff. Yeah, I know. There might be a lot of different I really feel like Larry Johnson's time could be coming via retirement because we're not going to fire him. Make no mistake about it. We're not going to fire Larry Johnson. But I could see a retirement coming out of that. Does Jim and Knowles does Jim Knowles take the Duke job because we're that's the real? other thing. If if does Jim Knowles take the Duke job, and uh, you know does uh, our tight ends coach look to, to move up quick and take that OC job down at Coastal Carolina? I mean he's a, he's a hot commodity among college football. If you listen to people talk, it sounds like the Duke thing was more of just a since you asked me I'll go, but I don't really want it is what I'm getting. That he he's very happy being just a coordinator. And and is there anything to Ryan Day talking to the Carolina Panthers? Oh gosh, no. That's not happening. No, no way. That place is a dumpster That's, fire. A dumpster place, fire. <laughs> that Carolina is. Yeah, Frank says thanks for the love, guys. That was a fun listen. Thank Frank. Thank you for the the, the article. It was awesome. Yeah, great I, material. I yeah. I read that and I was like, we've got to do a whole segment on that because that is good stuff right there, and it turned out to be exactly what I thought it would be. A very good, very good listen, good content. Uh, guys, this was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed Jr. His show's going on right now. If you want to go listen to him and the guests that he has talking about college basketball, Ohio State's got a good basketball team. 
turned out bad. Talking, we yeah, after we stopped first. talking about them, Eric. That's why they're good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right? Oh, this is a lot of fun. How about we do it again next Sunday night, guys? Sound good? Yeah, I'm down. Well, why not? We want to invite all of you to be back with us again next Sunday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. Once again, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. Till next time, OH! I owe! I owe!